the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. On this episode of the Steelers Standard, we're going to talk all about the running game. And since we're talking about the running game, we'll also get a little offensive line talk in there as well because you're only as good as the five hogs up front that can block for you. But before we get to that, uh, Jerry Dulac was on earlier today with Mark Madden, and he kind of mentioned that the Steelers are going to be moving on from James Conner in the offseason. And I don't want to say I'm surprised by that move because it's a move that we certainly – could see coming potentially but the room at running back for the Steelers is just so thin as far as quality is concerned that maybe bringing back a guy like a James Conner at a four or five million uh, cap hit isn't the worst idea just to have some sort of experience some sort of pedigree in that room but uh, look Jerry Dulac says something it's most likely true he's one of the more plugged in people when it comes to the Steelers so it looks like they are planning on moving on from James Conner which now turns the keys over to either Benny Snell, Jalen Samuels, or Anthony McFarlane. And Kellen, you don't think Jalen Samuels is even in that category. So it's Anthony McFarlane or Benny Snell. That's not a position you want to be in if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers when it comes to your running backs. No, you don't want to be in that position at all. Um, And the reason I take Jalen Samuels out is I don't – I don't think he's an NFL running back. And, um, you know, we made the point a few episodes ago that, um, you know, he you might have to keep him because of the fact that you are losing James Conner. At least we're assuming that you're losing James Conner. So you're going to have to have another back on the roster. But, hell, I don't I don't think he's really an NFL back. <laughs> I don't I don't think he does much well um, other than catching the ball. But when he's out there, it's a tell to every other team exactly what the Steelers are going to do. Um, you know he's not going to take it inside the tackles. And, yeah, I know what what was it, two or three years ago he ran for 140 yards against the Patriots. But let's be honest here. The Patriots said Jalen Samuels can get as much as he, as he wants. They're yeah, not exactly, going to beat us. Exactly. And the Steelers did end up beating them because Jalen Samuels got all got that he all wanted. He wanted yeah. um, so they kind of played right into the Patriots' hand and still beat them. But um, that's his only really career-defining moment was that one game against the Patriots. I don't think he's a um, uh, an NFL player really, um, to be honest with you. And honestly, I don't know if the NFL or if the uh, starter for the Steelers, excuse me, is on the team right now um, for 2021. I I don't think that he is. I think that maybe um, in the draft, that's where they address that. They get that starter. Unless it's not in the first round, then I'm kind of thinking to myself, oh, bleep, we we might need to do something here if you're the Steelers. Um, Because when you look at it, if the keys are being handed over to just Benny Snell and just Anthony McFarland, uh, yikes. Um, and I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying that both of those two aren't capable of playing in, in the NFL or being, uh, impactful players. I think Benny Snell has kind of carved out his role as that short yardage guy, that power guy. And every team kind of needs one of those, especially if, um, the Steelers are going to revert back to being a running team. Um, they're not going to throw the ball 50 times a game, which is something that all three of us have talked about. You kind of have to do that, especially next year. Um, you know, if, if this is Ben's last year. Um, so I think he has a, a a niche that the Steelers need. So I think he's capable enough. But I think the jury's still out on Anthony McFarland. I, I think 
he wasn't given a lot of opportunities last year. Heck, I look at it, uh, McFarland only had 33 carries last year. Mm. Um, and I know part of that's probably because he wasn't acclimated to the system. There was no rookie camp, all that sort of stuff. Um, but he, he did average 3.4 a carry, which isn't bad considering he only had 33 attempts. Um, but I, I think his speed and, and his ability to kind of be a game breaker is something that the Steelers desperately need. Um, so I would say that um, although I don't like the two alone, if you can get another guy there, I like those two to be contributors uh, for, the, for the offense and in that running back room. Yeah, I think McFarlane, if you're talking about the running backs available, excluding Connor, has the highest ceiling right now. I because agree with that. I think what we've seen out of Benny Snell isn't, as you said, Kellen, we, we, we haven't seen much of McFarlane. We haven't seen a ton of Benny Snell over the years. You've seen him in flashes. But what we've seen, I think it's not enough, right? Even though he's had flashes, I think we you, we have a good picture of what he could be and and honestly, it's not really starting running back worthy. And yeah, I think McFarland has the biggest upside. What happens though, if the Steelers go after a Najee Harris or an ATN at 24, if either are there, and then you have one of those. But as you said, Kellen, we haven't seen enough of McFarland to really know who he is. What if McFarland kind of comes into his own? Then you're sitting on these two guys. I mean, that's like a, a best-case scenario, I guess, if you draft a, a very highly touted running back who pans out and you already have this guy in waiting. But, I mean, maybe you were better off taking the offensive line and it's just you just didn't know that you had McFarlane waiting to kind of break out. So it's, it's a little unknown. But, yeah, I, I definitely like McFarlane's upside the most out of anyone on the team right now. Well, I think that I agree with that with McFarland's upside, but if they were going to start a running back right now, it would be Benny Snell. And we've had some sample size of Benny Snell football. He has rushed for over 100 yards. He did so in the 2020 season. So he's got somewhat of a track record, but I just don't think he brings any dynamic nature to the position, Kellen. I think he's more of a one-dimensional back, like you said, where he can get some tough yardage, some short yardage, because he's more of a power than he is a speed back. But a guy who can get 20, 25 carries a game and help in the passing game, I don't think that's Benny Snell at no. all. No, I agree. I mean, I, I looked at the receiving numbers for Benny Snell, too, um, just to try to get a full uh, capture of, of the season that he had. He had 368 yards rushing, um, which is 3.3 a carry, which kind of goes to that just power guy, that hard yard type guy, which isn't a bad thing. Um, but when you look at his receiving uh, numbers this year, he had 14 targets, 10 catches for 61 yards. It's it's six yards per catch, 6.1 a catch. But I think that's a little bit misleading considering he only had 10 catches. When, when you compare it to Connor, Connor had 35 catches um, for 215 yards. So uh, it's a little bit different, but he's not that explosive like guy that could catch a screen and take it 65 yards. I mean, I know he could if he gets the right blocking, don't get me wrong, but he's not going to do it all by himself. He doesn't have the game-breaking speed to just – hit the sideline and, and, and turn it upfield. I do, however, think that's the guy that Anthony McFarland is. I think he's got that to him. Um, but really the overarching thing is uh, when you look at the Steelers running back room is they're not very good. Uh, I mean, <laughs> even if James Conner comes back, they're, they're not very good. I mean, I broke this down. Um, I, I looked at some numbers. The Steelers running backs last year, between the three of them, between the three running backs, they had 1,202 yards rushing. Between all three of them. I mean, there were there were nine players in the NFL last year that had a thousand yards rushing. And the Steelers, between the three of them, 
only had 1,202 yards. I mean, that's really bad. I mean, I know that's not necessarily all on them um, because I don't think the line was particularly good. But at the same time, um, that's really bad. I mean, 1,202 <laughs> yards between three running backs in, in a season, in a 16-game season, that's really, really bad. Yeah, you need more from that. Definitely. I mean, that's enough That's enough running room for one guy, you would you would have hoped so. Yeah. And D- Derrick Henry beat those three guys by over 800 a, yards. Yeah, nearly 1,000 yards. I mean, it's, it's not a promising running back room, Kellen. It, it, as much as we could sit here and say, well, Benny Snell could do this, Anthony McFarland could do that. Yeah, Kellen, as you said, it's not a very good space or it's not a very good pool of guys that the Steelers have at their at their use or at their hand right now. And that's kind of why we've sat here show after show kind of saying if if Harris or ATN are sitting there at 24, you really have to consider going after one of them versus kind of restocking or retooling your offensive line. Well, I'm glad you brought up Harris or Etienne because I think there's no question that the Steelers are going to draft a running back at some point in the 2021 draft. In fact, I would take that to the bank. It's just a question of do they pick that running back in the first round with an Etienne or a Harris, or do they wait until a middle round? Uh, maybe that decision is made for them, and both of those guys are off the board, and there's not really a running back in this class that jumps into the first round other than those two. It's just weird, though, because you look back to last year and you thought, oh, here's the Steelers' perfect opportunity in the second round where a lot of running backs were still left to go after a guy like J.K. Dobbins specifically, and they went with Chase Claypool. So even if ATN and Harris are sitting there at 24, it's not a given that the Steelers will use that pick on one of them. Yeah, that's a great point. Maybe they definitely missed the boat on a good running back last year in the draft. Maybe they will again this year. But I think if a Harris or an NTN is there in the first round, it's going to be hard for them to make a pass on either of those guys. Maybe they make the pass on NTN. I think Harris is the number one back in the draft class now, and it kind of looks like he's projecting to go in the top 20 now. So he brings such a dynamic element to the game. He'd be able to come in and help with both the passing game and the running game. He'd be somebody that Ben could rely on. And potentially you'd have him eventually grow into the role of the big playmaker on that offense, the guy that's going to score the most touchdowns, the guy that's going to have defensive coordinators on opposing teams have headaches the night before you play them. Right, and I think that's the biggest thing is is if you have a shot to get that guy, um, you have to go get that guy. And, and um, you know, we keep talking about the the Steelers' offense um, in the 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 idea of a retool. I'm not going to say rebuild anymore. A retool um, around Ben Roethlisberger and really moving forward too. Once Ben's gone, um, what makes it easier on a quarterback? Well, a having a good offensive line, but b having a dynamic running back that you can hand it to 20, 25 times a game, um, so you don't have to throw the ball, um, you know, 50 times like Ben had to do a lot, um, or, or even 40 times that Ben had to do a lot this year. Um, it makes it a lot easier when you have a dynamic running back. And oh, by the way, I can just when I'm under pressure, I can maybe just dump the ball off to him. It goes yeah, for exactly. 25 yards. Oh, that's great. I don't have to throw the ball downfield in order to get 25 yards. I can just dump it to the running back. Um, that definitely helps. Um, and again, like I keep saying, if you have a chance to get that guy, I, I feel like you got to go get that guy. And even more so um, to help Ben, but more for the future. You have that guy for at least four years on a rookie deal. That's so big. It's also big for the fans, and I know that doesn't really matter that much, but fans gravitate towards picks like that. Linemen yeah. picks tend to bore fans, and that's not to say that it's not the right move to pick a lineman in the first round. It's just you want to generate some buzz and some excitement for the 21, 21 season. A Harris or an Etienne is the pick to make. Definitely, but, I mean, 
we weren't complaining when the Steelers went out and got Marquise Pouncey, David DeCastro, when they when they were the right guys to be drafted, no one was complaining. Sure, it's you don't you want to get up there and you want to hear, oh, the Steelers select Deshaun Watson, the Steelers select Kyler Murray, the Steelers select Ezekiel Elliott. That's obviously as a fan what you want to hear, but Steelers fans aren't complaining years ten years down the line, eight years down the line after Marquise Pouncey had the year that or the career that he had, David DeCastro was having the career that he was having. So I mean, yes, it's 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 fan serving to pick the running back, but it wouldn't sh- it shouldn't shock anyone if ATN or Harris are sitting there at twenty four and the Steelers still decide to go with a guard or a tackle or whoever to to help out that O line. But would that be the move that you make? Would you rather lean towards an offensive line, or do you want to bring in that exciting kind of playmaking potential player like a Najee Harris or a Travis Etienne? Is it either or in your mind? I think if either one's there, I take them from the GM. I don't think that one uh, being there is more uh, attractive than the other. I think whichever one is still available, I go towards. If they're both still there, then I lean towards Najee Harris. But um, do you think that they go to Lyman? Do you think they pass on a running back if it's just Etienne? Or what do you guys feel like the vibe would be if they have number 25 come up and they're both there, one of them's there, none of them are there? Well, I mean, again, I mentioned, I think, in our last episode that a lot of times on our Steelers Saturday show that um, the Steelers, um, we, we would say this is what we want the Steelers to do. I think this would be the best for the Steelers in a, in a game situation or whatever it might be. And then the Steelers do the exact opposite. Um, so, I, you know, I don't – if it were me and both of those guys were there, I think you take one of them. I don't, I don't know who – whoever you think is the better back. Um, I think ETN has more of like a game-breaker type speed and, and Harris more of the power guy. Um, so I guess it's, it's just a preference thing. But I think either one um, is going to be a successful player in the NFL. So I don't think there's a wrong way you could go with either one. But if none of them are there – Personally, I think the best thing for the Steelers to do, I know they're not going to do this or they probably won't do this. If neither of the running backs are there, go I would, quarterback. No, I would oh, trade. Okay. I would <laughs> okay. trade out of I would trade out of the first round and try to get an extra second round pick or an extra third round pick just to be able to bulk up. Um, you know, we've talked about those uh, draft simulations that we've done. I did another one last night. I know it's not exactly how it works, but um, I traded out of the first round as the Steelers, and I ended up with 10 draft picks, and I had five picks in the top 100. I know that's not exactly how it would work in, right. in, in real life, but um, if you trade out of that 24 spot and maybe, you know, uh, it, it's early in the second round, all of a sudden you have two um, you know, you have you have two early second round picks, and both of those guys could be starters for you. Um, and, and especially not even, not even that too. The guy that maybe the Steelers would be interested in at off on the offensive line at twenty four could be there oh, in the absolutely. second round still. Right. And there's no reason to take him at twenty four if he's going to be there at fifty or or fifty five. Right, exactly. I agree with you one hundred percent because as we've talked about a handful of times on the show, linemen and especially the Steelers route, you know, center. Um, which is uh, obviously a position of need. It might be the way they go with their first pick, regardless of whether it's in the first or or second round, Um, just because of the fact that they don't have a center right now, um, or at least a good one. Um, You know, I I think that you could wait or you could trade back and take that guy, like you said, Jacob, at at 45 or 50, whatever, um, you know, you get for trading out of the first round. If if it's me, Tom, those are my two options. Either you take um, the best running back that's available, whether it's ETN or Harris, or if need Either of those guys are there. I'm trading out of the first round, and I'm trying to get as many 
high capital picks that I can. If I can get a couple second round picks and a third for the 24th pick in the draft, I'm going to do it. I just don't know if the Steelers would ever. It's not going to happen. I'll just say that. Would ever be okay with going two years in a row without a first round pick? But, Kellen, I agree with you because offensive linemen, you know, they'll go early and because those are going to be the guys that you know are NFL ready. The guys at 24 or sitting at 24 could easily be sitting there 20 picks later. Right. I just don't see it happening. I know it's I know it's fun for us to do in our free time to be like, let me see what I can what I can work here. But that's obviously not how it goes down in reality. But I I don't know. To answer Tom's original question, what would I do? I've I've said show after show that the offense runs through the offensive line. And I said that in our in our rankings of priorities where we need to retool or areas of highest concern, you know, we've all set offensive line and have kind of put running back a little bit further down the list, not necessarily off the anywhere outside of the top five for certain, but definitely offensive line is the priority. So I guess I have to be a man of consistency here and go with the offensive line, Tom. I mean, it's not the flashiest pick, but you know, if you can get a guy that is going to be there for the next 10 years, I mean, that's something of, of value for the Steelers. Well, we're going to get to the offensive line in a second, but in the same vein as pass protection, a big risk you take by drafting a rookie is his pass protection at the running back position. Yeah. And that's a lot of that's something that keeps a lot of rookies off the field in the NFL their rookie year because they're just not up to speed as far as pass protection is concerned because they're the best option on the offense in their college. So instead of protecting the quarterback on most plays, they're outrunning routes on passing plays because they want to get them the ball. They're the best playmaker that they have. But in the NFL, doesn't matter if you're Derrick Henry or not, you still have to be able to pass protect. That's just how it works in this league. So you have to be worried about drafting a rookie there and the pitfalls that could come with pass protection. And maybe Etienne or, Trav- or Najee Harris are phenoms when it comes to that and can be seamless the transition they make to stepping into that role and pass protecting. But it's definitely really hard to ask that of a rookie. And on top of that, the Steelers' offensive line in front of that rookie running back might look completely different. Who knows how pass protection is going to look for the Steelers in 2021 they were really good at it in 2020 one of the best in the leagues at at keeping ben upright but there's going to be a ton of changeover as many as maybe three new starters on that offensive line and you take running back in the first round then you almost have to take offensive line with the next two rounds in round two and round three and then i'd even take another one (laughs) in maybe round four because you have two picks in round four but i think this class at offensive line is a lot deeper than the class at running back so that's why I'd lean towards taking one of those two running backs in the first round, knowing that you can get guys that are starter ready in the second or even the third round or both at the offensive line position. And, you know, people are out there that are saying, oh, no, I want an offensive lineman in the first round until he's starter ready. Kevin Dotson was starter ready this year. Right. I know he didn't get the chance to be the starter for the majority of the season, but he was starter ready this season, and he was a fourth-round pick last year. So you can find starters in the middle of the draft. Absolutely, and, and, and what are the Steelers really good at? I know that's more predicated on like wide receivers, but obviously Dotson is a proven commodity at this point. Um, you know, Down the stretch, uh, we all said on our Steelers Saturday show that we wanted Dotson to start in the in the playoff game against Cleveland, and he ended up not starting. Um, but again, he played really well when he got the opportunity, and and that's just, I, I think, a testament to the fact that there are players late, um, but I think in the first round, you really, 
um, it's really important in the first round that you hit a home run, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think when you look at the Steelers, that's got to be something that they have to do. They have to kind of hit that home run. They haven't hit that home run in the first round since the Devin Bush trade. I know, I know that costed them their first round pick last year. Um, but they hit a, they hit an absolute home run. They got their guy. Um, and I know that, that Bush got hurt this season, and we weren't able to see Bush all year. But I, I do think it is, is, it is extremely important that the Steelers hit a home run, and it's got to be on the offensive side of the ball, um, whether it is running back or, you know, I, I would be okay if it is an offensive lineman because they do need one. But regardless of what they take with their first pick in the draft, it's got to be a home run, and it's got to be a guy that can start in a position of need. Definitely. And, and there's no doubt it's a position of need. But I, I talked about this earlier about trusting Kevin Colbert to do the right thing. And no matter who is taken at 24, I'm going to be okay with it. Because last year when we were talking about Chase Claypool versus J.K. Dobbins, who the Steelers should have gone with, I was honestly a little shocked that the Steelers – I'm not, not a little. I was shocked that the Steelers went with Chase Claypool over a guy like J.K. Dobbins or maybe another running back who was still on the board at the time. I thought the Steelers were going to go running back because – there was nothing in in terms of James Conner's progress towards becoming a legitimate starter. He didn't make any strides this year that would have swayed me to say, okay, he did better. You know, nothing has changed in between this year and last year where I thought we needed a running back last year. Conner did nothing after 2019 and certainly after 2020 to make me feel more confident in his abilities. So when when Kevin Colbert decided to go with with Chase Claypool over J.K. Dobbins and other guys, I was a little, I was nervous because I thought this didn't seem like the move that we were going to make. And then it turns out Chase Claypool was a fantastic rookie um, wide receiver, even if he was in the second round and even if he wasn't the guy that we expected to be. So no matter who it's going to be, I trust in Kevin Colbert to do the right thing. And to me, it seems like if I if I could predict what Kevin Colbert could do, I think he's going to make the the safer bet here. And a safer bet in the first round is kind of avoiding the running backs. And so I think to that point, he he may side with the an offensive lineman in that in that spot twenty four. If we come into the twenty twenty one season and I tell you the Steelers' offensive line looks like this: for Dave DeCastro, rookie at center. Kevin Dotson, Zach Banner. Is that something you're comfortable with? Or am I asking too much of one of those two tackle positions? Because mm-hmm. I think the guard, the guard is the only spot where the starters are set right now as far as Steelers offense of line is concerned. Yeah, the guards you said. Yeah, Dotson yeah. and DeCastro. And DeCastro middle talk to me about DeCastro in the middle of twenty twenty one. But Dotson and DeCastro as of right now, for sure starters. I think DeCastro has something to prove. I think he's got a chip on his shoulder for last year. And I think you said in the last episode, maybe it's two episodes ago. DeCastro also said that he was really affected by no fans in the stands and yeah. just the different atmosphere. So, so he could maybe, do better next year maybe with he a little added. A little extra juice pump. when he yeah. comes out of the stadium. And he was saying even in road games you feed off of the energy yeah. too so right and i mean i i do think that's real i don't think there's any question that that definitely Especially has an effect. That position sure absolutely you need and, to be pumped up to play offensive right line. and i think too that that i don't know if this has been confirmed or not but i think the castro was battling something for the majority of the year um so i do think that Usually this year is the case when players with his track record have right, a bad year right and, and i mean i do think that this year is important for him um as we said he might not have all that much left in the tank if this is another down year for for him, um, but I do think that he's still a good enough player in this league, and I agree. I think that the guards are probably pretty much set 
Um, but run, run me through the offensive line. You 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 uh, said again that like the the tackle. Chooks, DeCastro, rookie at center. Yeah. Uh, ba- uh, Dotson and Banner. Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably the way they're going to go, right? Um, <sighs> Unfortunately, I do think that's how they'll roll out. I think I'd rather have a rookie at the tackle spot instead of Chooks. I'd rather roll with Banner than Chooks if I had to choose one or the other. Yeah, I mean, Banner originally did beat Chooks out, right? That's so, the thing. Right, Banner exactly. technically is a returning starter. Technically speaking, right. I mean, he got hurt in what, in the first game? First so, game. Um, so, I mean, I guess you do have a returning starter there. I mean, he was good enough to beat out Chooks originally. Hopefully, he returns to form and the, the injury doesn't hamper him um, moving forward. Um, but I mean, I do think that's probably the way that it shakes out. I kind of agree with you that, you know, I might be more inclined to have a rookie at tackle, but that rookie at tackle might only be a third or, or a second round. It might be a third round pick. Um, can you be sure that that guy's better than Chooks right now? I don't know. Um, so I, I do think that when you look at it, if you make me, you know, pick it right now, I'm looking at it and saying, well, uh, I think that's the way it shakes out across the board. Um, and I don't. I don't see it really happen in much other ways unless the Steelers draft a tackle early. Then it's the it's a um, rookie, a tackle, and then maybe they pick up a free agent center. But I don't think that's going to happen. Definitely. I mean, it seems like the best way to go about it is is kind of keeping as much as you could from last year, even if that does include Chooks, who we're not totally sold on. But, I mean, it's very unfortunate for the Steelers that Banner went down in week one, right? I mean, to go down basically within the first 30 minutes of the NFL season is a worst-case scenario for an NFL team, and it's specifically that player. So it would have been great to have him available all of last year so that he would have had all of last year under his belt. He could return again for this year and be a little more confident in his stance and understand schemes a little bit more. He's basically coming out this year as if it were last year, right? He, he's he's going to be very fresh to the game. He's going to be very fresh to the offense. And so, unfortunately for the Steelers, that's that's another inconsistent piece that they have. But I think, as, as Tom outlined, uh, with those five guys, including the rookie at center, uh, that's, that's going to be the most likely unit that you see week one. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Steelers Standard. Thank you for listening to us here on Steelers Nation Radio. You can always check out this episode or any of our episodes in podcast form at Steelers.com. For Kellen Gersky and Jacob Brecht, I'm Tom Opperman. We'll catch you on the next episode of the Steelers Standard.